0: the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about disunity in Christ.
1: Unity, disunity, world religions, we're going to hit it all. Sounds good. Let's get started.
0: Season three, episode six. Six. I said it right that time. Sace. Sace. I think Global that's what I was sace. trying to say earlier. Yes. And then, like, if you imagine mixing the word six and sace together, that's what I said. I'm not going to say it right now because who knows who's listening you're gonna,
1: to You're going to set us off onto a different tangent, completely a different topic.
0: A completely different topic, though maybe equally as... Um, disunifying um wh- what do you do when you take away unity what's the word for that chaos yeah I mean, it may cause chaos well, that's what we're talking about today disunity right. um and that was when we talked about it how many weeks ago I felt like I don't know it a weeks it's ago. been a while Probably. sorry about that that and honestly it's mostly me
1: um, you always say that that's not <laughs> completely true but we did we were thwarted we tried to yes. record um a few days ago and the the crew that comes to do the landscaping mm-hmm. decided to come at like a, a completely different time. Yeah. The time that we were going to record, which has never happened before. And so there would have been the sounds of like chainsaws in the background. Mm-hmm. So it would have been very Halloween. But
0: Yeah, it would have been. I mean, and normally they're here like early in the morning. I don't know what happened, but um, we're here now and glad that you guys are, are with us. Um but the the topic of disunity, specifically disunity in Christ is um I don't I'm passionate about this topic. Uh there's um for me an unbelievable amount to talk about. I'm not saying that this is gonna be a two part or anything. I think that for the most part we can get through this in this in this single episode, but I guess we'll see. But for me, um when I get into this idea of disunity, um, and specifically disunity in Christ. I am imagining things that uh, may happen within, quote, you know, the church house, um, or what happens between people of, you know, similar faith. And I, I, I think about the the idea of you know Sunday, uh, as far as Christians go, seems to be the most segregated day of the week. Um, I've been saying that for a long time, and I mentioned that to a buddy of mine, and he said, yeah, Lecrae said that once in a song, and so shout out to Lecrae. I'm glad that you said that. I've been and, saying it, and too. I think,
1: and I think MLK was actually... May have, uh, Did predated. he say that, too? Yeah. Man, yeah,
0: see... Okay, it. listen. Well, I'm, I'm agreeing <laughs> with both of those guys, because... Yeah.
1: I, I, like he I, said 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. And honestly, like it, and,
0: it's, and and it's it it seems to be the truth, and... um. What I want to look at today is a little bit of, of of who Jesus was, who he brought into his friend group, who he used, um, and who he called upon to to minister, to disciple, and um, who was used even after that. Um, and and I mean, who God even used in the in the Old Testament, right? And so, uh, I think that when you look at individuals, when you look at at how you know, individuals were used in scripture, more often than not, when Jesus called somebody out and used them as a disciple, they didn't have the same beliefs as him or or they did things drastically different than Jesus did and he found a way for them to be useful. And not that they weren't useful in, you know, in where they were, but they could be more useful. And so I want to know how... As a as a body of believers, people who claim to have faith in Jesus, that how can we get to a point where we can be useful in each other's lives and yet still not necessarily have the exact same faith, the exact same beliefs? Um, because it we just we seem so distant from each other. There seems to be this disconnect. There's a disunity is the word, right? I mean, and, and so, you know, Brad, when I say that to you, when I use the word disunity, like what are things that come to your mind or, 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 you know, when we were thinking about this topic, what are things that, that were kind of running through your head?
1: Well, and you know, we've had a lot of, a couple of recent episodes on government. We've had episodes in the past about politics uh, we just had an election last night. Yeah. Um, which we're in Virginia. So there was a, a very big election in Virginia. And when I think about disunity, or you just talking about, I think one of the things you're describing is extreme polarization. It mm-hmm. makes me think about the map. When you see the map of the country, or like if they were looking at Virginia and it was Steve Carnacki. Um, you know, with his map (laughs) and his khakis pointing at the different counties, everything is either, it's either red or it's blue. Like there is, I mean, they talk about purple, but there really is no purple on a map. It's either red or it's blue. Mm -hmm. And they, and, and so I think when I'm thinking about disunity in our context, in our time right now, like 2021, it definitely makes me think about how in many areas people have come to conclusions that there's you know you're either with us or you're against us yeah like you either think like I do or you are my enemy or you're on my other side you know you're, you're either red or you're blue or you're blue or you're red mm-hmm. that and that that to me has crept outside of politics but into many different areas yeah you know there's a right and and let's let's be honest here Religious folks have been doing this for a very long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were doing it back in Jesus' time. We can talk about that. But religious folks have been doing this for a very long time where it's like, well, the right answer is the answer we have, mm-hmm. we being whoever is the person saying it. Right. And the wrong answer is any different answer from the answer that we're giving you. So that's those are just some initial thoughts when I think about, like, in our place, in our time, what disunity maybe means to me.
0: Yeah. And you know, the idea, and I've said before that like, I, I can't just be right. The other person needs to be wrong. And when I come in with an attitude like that, or a mindset like that, that's when, um, I think, you know, bridges get or bridges get burnt, you know, you know, relationships tend to suffer.
1: But isn't that the way that we are taught truth, that we are taught truth, objective truth. It's that, It's not enough for you just for you to be right because if what you're saying is true, then it's not just true for you, it's true for everybody else too. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can see where there are a lot of quote unquote biblical added or biblical. Uh, justifications for having this kind of a view. It's not like this kind of view doesn't exist in Scripture, but maybe we're going to talk some about how Jesus kind of interacts with views like this. A view that, okay, wait, look, here's objective truth, Mm -hmm. so everybody else is wrong, but you were just saying that that's you know, maybe we don't have to take that approach where, hey, the only, it's not just that I'm, you know, this is what I believe, but it's everybody else has to be wrong too.
0: Yeah. And, and right before we get to Jesus, I want to look at James, uh, James chapter four, right at the beginning, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And, um, I think that one, I mean you, you could take that and, and look at that in many different ways, but I think for me, in this context, especially when we're talking about disunity within you know with, within the idea of Christ, I think that we we're looking at faith. We're looking at you know, differences that you know, ways that I interpret Scripture, ways that you you interpret Scripture and, and how you know, I'm looking at the differences there. And those differences I battle with are a me thing, and I want to make them a you thing, so that I have somebody to blame it on, or that I have somebody to talk about. Um, and and that that's something that people feed off of, and they they latch onto. And it's it's easy to do because one, a lot of people do it. At, at some point, everybody has done it. And it's not that doesn't mean that it's OK, um, but it's it's easy to take yourself out of the equation and put everything on the individual that you disagree with or has a difference from you or your beliefs. Oh, yeah,
1: that's And, and I think what maybe not all the time is underlying our approach to other people who we disagree with. But I was I was thinking about like the flat earth people, right? Speaking mm-hmm. of science. Sure. I'm always calling back to these most recent episodes, but um if you if you watch any YouTube videos on people who like today, sitting here today mm-hmm. in in this day and age believe that there's a flat earth, a lot of them are really like Adamant and argumentative about it, and it. Whenever you watch them, it sort of makes me wonder. Like, I mean, they seem, while they may seem very adamant, and they may, you know, really say uh, they may argue passionately that Roman, you're wrong for thinking that the the world that -hmm. the Earth is round. To me, it it belies the fact that they probably have a lot of insecurity. about that view Mm -hmm. and if they don't have insecurity about that view it would sort of be crazy but um so sometimes i think that maybe our insecurities about what we believe could potentially drive us to double down to triple down and to sort of demonize people who disagree with us yeah right because let's think about it like this like look i don't I'm so confident, based on all the evidence that I've seen, the pictures, the videos, that the earth is round, that I don't feel the need to really argue the point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you know that you know that you know something yeah. is true, then why are you really spending a whole lot of effort? brain power and energy arguing about it but if I was really concerned about it I could see maybe I do feel the need to defend myself or to defend my view so I think that can translate into our religious views as well so that may be kind of what James to get back to James Mm -hmm. what he's talking about is it's like this may be more of an issue with you that you've got reasons why you're disagreeing with other people it's because you've got some insecurities and i think that's a lot of what jesus is saying to the pharisees yeah throughout the the scriptures he's pointing out that hey yeah you're you're pointing your finger at these sinners at these tax collectors prostitutes whoever it is these fishermen you're pointing your finger at them but you actually have some introspective work that you need to do
0: yeah and you know and i and i think of the idea of disagreeing with somebody or being accused of something as far as being different or not being what you're supposed to be or, um, the ridicule that can go with that or the shame that can come from that. Uh, I think that it triggers a, a fight or flight response from a lot of people, especially within the confines of a church building or within just the body of believers and of itself. I I tend to think that maybe it is something that is uh, traumatic isn't necessarily maybe maybe traumatic could be the word that you use, but it it could be life changing. It could be life altering to be pretty upfront and bold to someone who's just trying to have a conversation about their faith. If you come at it from a perspective of, hey, you are absolutely wrong and you need to leave. And you need to get out. And that's happened. That's not like a... And it's not like that's happened like once or twice. That's like a normal... It was. And and I hope that it's not necessarily super normal now. And it could be. And I hope that it's not. But...
1: A way of approaching people who have a different opinion or a different uh, view... Yeah. Is to just approach them with, well, that's... A lot of times, wouldn't that be because... But the authority there is, that's not what the church teaches. That's not what the scripture teaches. Mm -hmm. That's not how we interpret the scripture. It, it might not even be said that way. It's just like you said, no, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't agree with that here.
0: Right. And I, and I want to take a moment and, and look at the idea of Jesus before Pilate and, and how Jesus and Pilate had a conversation. And obviously at this point, I'm I'm going to look at this conversation in John, by the way, John 18. Um, and just because I like the way that it's, it's pretty much all there. And, um, Starting in verse 33, starting in verse 33, um, he's, you know, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And then Jesus asked, is that your own idea or did others talk to you about me? And then Pilate replied, am I a Jew? Your own people and chief priests hand you over to me. What is it you have done? And then Jesus doesn't respond with these people are wrong. Um, these people are terrible human beings. They should never, ever have an opportunity to talk to you. They are, I mean, like, he could have said so many things. He could have done so many things. He could have shown his power. He could. He had so many opportunities in this moment, and yet he decided to say, my kingdom is not of this world, and if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders, but now my kingdom is from another place. And... Jesus has to know that when he says that to Pilate, that Pilate has no idea what he's talking about. Like that is that is a comment that I imagine you know like. Well, he
1: de- right, he doesn't understand it, but he's definitely using language and concepts that Pilate would have understood, which is the a kingdom oh sure right because that's how Pilate ends up answering him, Is like oh so you are a king like absolutely you're talking about a kingdom but but you're right he would have no idea what jesus meant by any of this stuff
0: right and but i and that's exactly what i was going to say is is that jesus used words and 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 put them in a specific way that that Pilate says okay maybe i can get that he met him at his where yeah. he was at right yeah um You know he yeah, So Pilate says, "You are king." Then and then Jesus answered, "You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me." And then Pilate says, "What is truth?" And then like there we kind of don't have more.
1: Yeah, and 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 then you know, but after after that comes out first. I mean, this isn't how it ends up. Sure, he comes up and says. I don't really find any basis for charges against him. So it's almost like Jesus, whatever he's doing in this moment is sort of unique enough Mm -hmm. that without really defending himself directly. I mean, he's not doing that right. No, he's not saying I didn't do what they said. I did, you know, right. I did this. They're lying. Mm -hmm. They they, they got all these bogus witnesses and false testimony. He doesn't do any of that. Right. He instead engages in almost like this philosophical discussion debate Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could have gone to Pilate and said, I'm your King too. Um, that clearly would not have been the smartest decision, but like, I, I think that, I mean, he, Jesus at this point has understanding of who Pilate is, what Pilate believes and could have said so many things could have, could have done so many things to make Pilate do exactly or do whatever Pilate wanted to do to free him. And I think that it's so it's such a good example of of being put in a corner where it is a lose lose for you and yeah. yet not losing your cool not not airing towards the side of man you guys are awful but like all right here it is this is me needing to deal with this but I'm not trying to cause anything more to happen that could become worse And I think that we tend to do that. It's like, all right, if I'm going down, everybody's coming with me. And that is not the mindset that Christians should have. And it's not the mindset that Jesus had, nor would I think the one that he would want us to have in disagreements, in... The way that we go about handling our relationships with one another in church or outside of church or any sort of relationship that we have, like that's not the point because all that does is create more disunity. And as Christians, our identity is in Christ, and so therefore, any unity that we have should also be in Him. Does that? I hope that, I hope that made sense. Like that's you know Philippians two, right? And and so. We have to and we need to be intentional about that within our relationships. So, when things, when you get put, when you get pushed back into a corner and that fight or flight response starts to kick in, you have to be spiritually disciplined enough to be able to have that mindset that Jesus had when he's having a conversation with Pilate, knowing that only bad things are about to happen.
1: Yeah. If, and in fact, if what we do if we pull focus back slightly from this situation to see what's going on in a slightly bigger picture here, why Jesus is even there in front of Pilate in the first place right? is because Jesus has essentially been scapegoated by the Jewish people, that the Jewish leadership, the religious leadership that was locked in with the Herodians and yeah. locked in with the Romans. So they were running things, there were a lot of reasons. Um, I'll just say it this way. Jesus was teaching a lot of new ideas and different ideas and troubling ideas. Mm-hmm. He was saying things that they hadn't heard before. Yeah. And by doing that, they the, the leadership, the institutional leadership decided, wait, we need to, f- this guy, this guy needs to go. They sort of projected all of their... Um, all all of their their insecurities, sort of like I was saying about the flat earthers, mm-hmm. all their insecurities about the fact that the people were following him, were even starting to almost worship him. You know, as he's coming yeah. in for the you know the the anti triumphal entry on donkey bag Palm Sunday and all that. Like as they were seeing that kind of stuff happen, they were like, no, this this can't happen. So. Like I said, they scapegoated him. They put him in the position to where, okay, well, if he dies, if he dies, if we can get rid of him, if we can kick him out of the church, Mm -hmm. then we don't have to worry about this anymore, and we can go back to our status quo. We can go back to the rules and to the structure where we're at the top. Yeah. Okay. So I guess what I'm pointing out, Roman, is that even the whole reason Jesus is there is because they are trying to uh, silence the in in some ways, the disunity that Jesus is creating within within the Jewish faith. So I guess that's where when I hear this subject, I wanted to make sure we got around to this. We were talking about it. This is where I struggle personally. I struggle with, I understand, I mean, there's, I was reading, you know, the, the prep that I did for this. I think I read like just about every verse in the New Testament on unity, right? right? I'm sure you read all these verses too. So there's a ton of verses on unity, but at the same time, you see a figure like Jesus come in there and, you know, Jesus also says things like, I'm going to turn up, you know, a father against his son and a mother against her daughter yeah. and telling people to, you know, leave and follow me before you bury your parents. And, um, and telling you know people to eat his flesh and drink his blood, and that causes most of the people to go away. There's all these different, and and here coming at the seven woes against the Pharisees, and here getting the institutional structure so upset that they they want him killed. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like there is a place there is a place for disunification. Or there is a place for disunity. I think I don't know if I made that word up or, sure. or what. It sounded good. Okay, there's a place for disunity. It seems where or Jesus didn't seem to have an issue with it, mm-hmm. but then you know once Jesus leaves, you you then have the writers of the New Testament like James, like Paul, and some of the other New Testament writers. They seem to be trying to now get people sort of coalesced around. Yeah around Jesus who's now gone mm-hmm. but around his teaching. So how do you, do you feel any tension between those two sort of like the wanting to unify it's like we're saying a couple of things I think. You know, you know there there is this Christian idea towards unity, but then we have hopefully the ability to not necessarily agree on everything, but still be unified this idea of disunity. But then we also have this area where, well, aren't there some things though, like Jesus saw within the Jewish religious structure that, um, where you've got to create disunity or you've got to do so in such a way that, that you, you are bringing new ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, and and I think that, you know, I'm sure one of the verses that you read was from Ephesians 4. And w- one of the things that I, that I was actually going to talk about I was, like, thank you, Brad. I didn't know you were going to say any of that, but it's a perfect transition into what I wanted to talk about next. Was Ephesians 4, starting in verse 2, he says, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, to say bearing with one another in love means that there will be a time where you were not completely unified where there is there are issues there are differences there is disunity there is something that makes you or has or puts you in a place where you have to bear with someone all right the only way that that happens is if something isn't going perfectly
1: right true
0: and and so um, to me you couldn't you could interpret that section of scripture as saying people are different Brad, you and I are different people. We're in different stages of life. You have kids. I don't have kids. Um, I have dogs. You don't have dogs. Right. You have right. a beanie. I have a beanie on. I don't have a
1: beanie.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, completely different. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I think that. I mean, looking at that that way, I mean, you could you could make it as simple as that, right? Yeah. Um, and you which could, creates
1: different perspectives. Hundred percent.
0: And and different perspectives gives us an opportunity to reach more people. However. That's going to be done differently because of the different perspectives, differences, like the idea yeah, that's of great, great point, right? the The idea of differences isn't. I don't want that idea to sound negative because it's not.
1: Well, that's Ephesians four because it's many many parts, one body. Yeah, absolutely, right? that yeah. Is, 100%. That is Ephesians four. The whole concept there is that there are not everybody's the same, mm-hmm. and and that that's by design. It's 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 reality, but mm-hmm. it's also by design. Yeah. Like if you're and, and it, in it makes fun of that, right? Like if the whole body was a, was a foot, like how would it smell? Yeah. How exactly. would it taste or whatever? It's just right. It, it would th- smell bad. Honestly, it would be the terrible. Whole, the, just imagine a six foot tall foot. Oh gosh. That's horrible.
0: Yeah. And so I, you know, you, you take that concept and you say, Oh, wait a minute that those differences are beneficial and I need to be able to consider that. Yeah and one of the things that i think that the church historically hasn't done very well is like be okay with those differences and look at them initially as positive i think initially they're looked at as uh, maybe harmful potentially not great and so there's too much caution going in and i'm not saying that caution is always a bad thing there's some however i don't think it, Things like that should intentionally, initially always be viewed as something that is negative or not helpful.
1: Right. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I think sometimes in our podcasts, uh, I, I enjoy them, by the way, all of our podcasts, not just this one. Yeah, absolutely. All of them. Yeah. One. Okay. But I think that sometimes in our podcasts we'll have like sort of like there's sort of two different levels going on. And I understand exactly what you're saying, and I know you're talking about sort of within Christendom and within churches and within church families and within uh, Christian groups and maybe different denominations or tribes, but people who all follow Jesus. I will just tell you, I'm sort of where I am. Like you said, we're at different life stages. and We have different perspectives. Where I am right now, I do a lot of the same thing. Like when I read Ephesians 4, believe it or not, I'm actually thinking about, other world religions yeah right I, I'm not just thinking about oh okay the people who have communion on Saturday night and the people who have it on Sunday morning mm-hmm. right like I'm not just thinking about the traditional distinctions within Christianity um, there was a teacher in a Bible class I was in a few months ago who got up and and was sort of making some direct points about how Christianity is better than all other world religions and it's completely different than X, Y, and Z. And one of the things I did after the class, I didn't say it during the class, but after the class I approached him and I said, you know, here's a book I would recommend mm-hmm. that you you could read about, you know, about Buddhism right. from a monk that the entire book is about sort of the confluence between Buddhism and Christianity and the concepts that he came up with by creating these very, very close relationships with Christian missionaries, right Yeah and I, I just wanted him to understand that maybe starting from the proposition that sort of Christianity has the market cut or the the market cornered on truth and that there might not be truth in other world religions mm-hmm. is not necessarily, I think what Jesus set out to do, I'm not sure that Jesus came to say, hey, see Judaism, um, it's got some things right, but hey, I'm going to create a whole new religion and this one will have everything right. It seemed like to me that Jesus, like he said to Pilate, his kingdom was like coming from another place and he was bringing it here and he was trying to do something much broader than just create another world religion because we had... We had other world religions at that time. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not convinced. I mean, I know that's sort of how, that, that's how I came to understand. That's how I came exposed to the scripture. That's how I became exposed to uh, to Jesus. That That's how it started for me. But now looking back on it and studying it, I'm just not quite sure that that's exactly what Jesus set out to do. So I only, I, I'm not trying to throw a wrench into things. I'm just trying sure. to point out that, I think there, there's two different at least two different ways to look at this. There's a way to look at it through this lens of Christianity and then there's also a way to look at it is okay, how do I as somebody who does pattern my life after Christ, how do I then interact with these other people adherence to other faiths, people who have different what about aboriginal people? What about native americans? Mm-hmm. What about people who have spirituality but they don't necessarily agree on all these different points that have been taught to us as as deal breakers.
0: Well, you just ignore them and never talk to them ever, Brad.
1: Right. That's that's what Jesus would do. Absolutely. He would never engage with them. <laughs> he would stay away from them. He wouldn't walk through their country. Sure. Or maybe he'd do or maybe he'd do the exact opposite, like with <laughs> Samaritan woman, right? And Absolutely. Engage yeah. and talk. Sure. And and she's like, hey, you, you worship here, but we worship here. And 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 what does Jesus say? John chapter John chapter four. Jesus says, you know what? A day is coming when you're not going to worship there and you're not going to worship there, but the real worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. Now that sounds like some progressive, like right. mind bending, opening religion, expanding yeah. stuff.
0: And, and, you know, interestingly enough, he, he goes on to say in John chapter 14, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. And that no yeah. one comes to the father except through him. Yes. And then you're like, Oh wait, I, I, then i think that's where it seems very limiting to people
1: yes i agree that that verse that verse probably singularly that verse has been used to you know to to essentially condemn like i don't know 75% of the world or or more
0: right and and it's I can I can completely. It, it
1: almost gets read like I'm in the way, not I am the way, which is interesting.
0: Right? Yeah, and he is in the way to a lot of people. Right. Yes. That that's yeah. that's the idea, right? And and the idea is that, um, well, he goes on to say in verse seven, if you really know me, you'll know my father as well. Yeah. If you really know me. Yeah. And I think there are people that look at Jesus and want him to be someone that they know and not who Jesus actually was. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I hope it does. I I think people will look at his stories and they'll, they'll, they'll read the things that he has said and they'll be like, Oh, that's exactly who I want Jesus to be and not who Jesus actually was.
1: Well, and here's here. This is also who Jesus was according to John you know earlier according to John in chapter 1 Jesus was in the beginning with God Jesus made all things and there was nothing made in creation without him so Jesus made all things is in all things and then John says that that word Jesus that that word, the Christ became flesh and was Jesus. So we get sort of in other places in scripture, we get this view of Jesus, the Christ, Mm -hmm. almost like there's two different, you have like sort of Jesus, the person, but you have Jesus, the Christ, who was there from the beginning of creation and somehow is a part of and in all creation. You get this much more, explosively expansive view of Jesus and his involvement in creation and people in the universe. Um, So I I guess my point is that like we could focus on that singular scripture in John 17, but like there are other scriptures we could focus on where arguably I think Jesus is much broader than just standing in the way or being sort of like the, um, the the only doorway into connection with God. Oh sure. Like I think there's there's other places in the Scripture. Well, first of all, all the people in the Old Testament didn't have a Jesus doorway to walk through, right? They they, well, they had, con-
0: they, had a, they had a sacrificial lamb, right, or something like they that. Did, they
1: did. But I mean, but people were interacting with God before there were even sacrifices, right? Like so, there were there were there's been interaction. Sure. With the divine. Um, and, and part of this comes, we weren't, I didn't plan to talk about other world religions uh, <laughs> exclusively, but I will say let me just say this and then we can jump off of other world religions. Um, you know, I think that there is a view, there is a view that speaking of disunity, that really the only true God is the God that is articulated in purely Christian terms. So in other words, I think there is a view that, other faiths, people of other world religions, people of other spiritualities, people who recognize the divine, that they are, that they are by definition not worshiping the true real God, right? right. Um, I think that's one view. I think there's another view that people who are worshiping and acknowledging the divine and acknowledging God and, and a creator through different religions— Mm-hmm. are in fact acknowledging god are in fact acknowledging their creator and if they're acknowledging their creator according to john chapter 1 they're acknowledging jesus right they may not call their creator jesus or they may not call their creator god i just when i hear people say well people who muslims who pray to allah are praying to satan i just uh, to me again this is my opinion i i don't i don't get that i mean mm-hmm. i get what I get what's trying to be done. It's trying to marginalize an entire group of people to say, well, these people are godless. But if you actually go back in scripture and you, you see the evolution of Ishmael and Isaac and Abraham, you see that, well, maybe, maybe the divine is, is bigger than just the Christian God.
0: Yeah. I I think that it brings into a, a completely different conversation is the idea of, um, what do I do with people that I disagree with? Yes. What do I do when I have an opinion or I have a belief or my faith is significantly different than someone else? And, do I like can I go into that situation hot? Do I go in with the idea of you know, um, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one goes to the well, Father except wh- through me. Well,
1: how about do I focus on the differences or do I focus on the similarities? Right, exactly. Right, and right? That do that I was, start with the divine sure. that we both agree on, or do I start with The parts of my holy book that disagree with the parts of your holy book.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to start with things that are different. And I think that's the idea of the original concept here of of disunity is that we focus so hard on the things that are not the same about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that like I can't get over it. Like, and and it bothers me because we're like any you guys have watched these like I'm sure people have watched these like oddly satisfying videos. And they like the thing like fits into the like fits exactly right. where it's supposed to, and you're like, oh, it's incredible. Or, I love but the that.
1: opposite of those are like the the videos or the pictures that are like for people with OCD that'll drive them nuts, where it's like an entire like bathroom tile job where there's like one tile that's yeah. put in backwards, where mm-hmm. you're just like, no. Yeah, exactly. Right? And and that seems to be how we. We're like that. We, right. we want it to all be perfect. Mm-hmm. And when we see that there's one thing, so it's so satisfying when it fits in perfectly, when yeah. it's perfectly symmetrical. But then when it doesn't fit in, we're like, whoa.
0: Right, because we're it's it's easy for us to look at that and continue. Yes. But when there's something different, it's like, wait. And then we focus on it, and then we have to correct it in our head.
1: Well, I want I want to make one more point. Not not I'm I'm done with the world religion stuff. Maybe we can go back. Maybe that's another podcast later. Absolutely, I didn't even know we we're going to do that off ramp. But back to you know focusing sort of on Christianity. I think one of the reasons why even within Christendom we focus on differences, I believe, is about it's about identity. It's about our identity, mm-hmm. and I think any time our we formed an identity and then that identity is potentially threatened either threatened by outside or sometimes it'd be threatened inside because I I think that, you know, people, when they have different views and they come at us with different views, it's a potential threat to our identity. But I think also if we start to change our views or we start to think differently then internally, we might ask the question, well, what is my identity? Who am I? Mm -hmm. So that could be driving the focus on differences as opposed to the focus on similarities.
0: Yeah. And I, and I like, we're wrapping up because we're, man, wow. It's amazing how fast these go. I, and we're just getting warmed up I know. Right. And, 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 in, in wrapping up, I, I, I have to hit on Philippians two, because if I don't, this is like the one episode that makes the most sense for me to talk about Philippians two, you know, you know, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, and being one in spirit and of one mind. And do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather than humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I mean, like right. that, like honestly. I could have read that at the beginning of this episode, and like that sort of just covers it, in my opinion. I think that if if every single person took in the world, like you don't even, like you don't even have to like consider the fact that it's God, that it's Jesus, that it's Allah, that it's you know Buddha. That, I mean, it, it doesn't. Have, I mean, like it, it can be any of those people, yep. and you put them into that scripture, and if everyone can do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit and everyone values other people above themselves, then this disunity thing, in my opinion, goes away because I'm able to look at you and say, you are, you are incredibly valuable, even though I disagree with you. Yeah, You have purpose in life that maybe I don't understand and I never will understand and I'm okay with that.
1: Well, and here's what I have experienced when living this out and experiencing this lived out towards me, Mm -hmm. is that when I am with somebody else who is, who treats me this way, right? Who, um, who is, is tender and compassionate and who's hospitable, who's loving, who, who works with me, who's kind. If I'm with somebody like that and we are both working together in that way, the feeling Mm -hmm. that I feel um, and I use the word feeling, but like the sort of, but, but at a deeper level, right? The sort of the connection that I have, let me say it that way, the connection, I would not even say the divine connection I have with that person when we're in that moment in that way, to me, that is more satisfying and whole. It's more a sense of shalom or peace where everything is sort of in the right place mm-hmm. than it is when I'm with somebody else who I happen to just agree with about a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so maybe if we had a checklist, like we've got a glass board, you've got a glass board behind you. It's like, you know, it's got stuff written on it. If, like if we had a checklist of, okay, here's all the things, Roman, that you believe, you know, your, your top 10 things that these are important theological points that I agree with. And then I have my top 10 theological points that I agree with. And like, okay, so those happen. Let's say those line up or you find somebody else that, oh, I line up all on our top 10. But if you're if they don't treat you like this when they're around you? Yeah. And if you don't treat them like this when you're around them, I don't believe that you will have the kind of unity that you're talking about. You you don't have that idealized unity i do not believe that unity is primarily about uni- unification of exact belief i think that's actually a product of the enlightenment and i think that is it's part of you know greco roman influence of 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 the a lens through which we view the scripture where it's all about believing right propositions when in fact you know when when you and i are out playing pickleball or racquetball or like I said, any kind of ball will be out there right. playing it, right? Yeah. But when we're doing that and doing that with other people and maybe other people who don't go to our church, mm-hmm. and but when we're doing that and we're together and there's camaraderie and you pick somebody up and you help them out and you connect with them, and and that is a real connection to me much more than just, oh, okay, do you intellectually assent to the same things that I do? And that seemed to be, to me, what you see Jesus doing when he's connecting with these people, he's showing them love and caring for them in a way that the religious structures would not. The religious structures just said, you guys have got it
0: wrong. Yeah. Well, there's no room for like favoritism. And I think that that's sort of... I mean, people lean into that, you know, the, the idea of, Oh, like we, and, and like culturally that's a thing. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, like we, I, I can look at you or I can see the things that you're wearing or I can see where you live and all that kind of stuff. And I, I have a good idea in my head about the things that we have in common and I'm going to gravitate towards that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. That's like a instinctual like safety net kind of thing. Right. And that's okay. However, Um, you can't like live in that forever, right? Like that can be a thing that happens maybe immediately, but then you're like, wait a minute, hold on. And that's when you, that's like that intentionality comes in and you move, you start to move in different directions.
1: Well, you, you, you start to hopefully move into a place. I think what you're talking about, we've talked about this before. You're talking about creating connections with people, right? Yeah. Like you can create a connection. You know, I came in, I'm a Braves fan. Hey, Braves won the World Series. You're a Cardinals fan. Hey, sorry. So, but, but we're both baseball fans. Sure, okay? We're absolutely. both baseball fans. Yeah. So we find these things that create a common connection. But I think what at the next level what we're doing is we're trying to connect with people and find out how can we serve them, right? Yeah. Like are, do they have needs that we can help meet? Yeah. Like do do they do they need to talk about something? Like is there a way that we can help them? Are they struggling with something? Is there anything that we've been through that we could share with them? Mm-hmm. Is there is there a family connection that we could make? Is there is, is there anything that we we start thinking about that? That's not thinking about what their beliefs are. Right. That's not figuring out whether they we believe things the same way they do. It's much more about, okay, what does this person need and how can I help? And maybe if they're doing that too, man, that's amazing. That's what creates real friendship.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm not like in all honesty, that's not the first thing I normally ask someone is what religion are you or what denomination of church do you go to? Like, I don't, that's, that has literally never been the first question I have ever asked anyone.
1: No, you always say when you meet him, you say, would you know tonight if you died, nothing doubting, would you go to heaven or hell? <laughs> that's always the first question. Yeah,
0: I actually just say hell, like like on the billboards. <laughs> <Like a> billboard. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then it has your cell phone number underneath, yeah, and just we, hand out cards. We
0: shake hands. and then That's they, a great way to meet people. Well, yeah, well, you shake hands and they immediately love the Lord. It's amazing. Um, that's not how that works.
1: No, that is not how you do things. Right. That, and so I think maybe whenever that ends up, I, I guess this is my point, and then I didn't mean to interrupt, but you can sort of lay on the on top of this. My point is that whenever we get to that point, I think, or, or to the extent we feel a need to sort of analyze people's faith and their beliefs, like I, I just want—I wonder how positive that is Or what are we really getting at? What's our motivation for doing that? And is it really driven by the love and connection and desire to unify? Or is it driven by the fact that we've gotten pounded into our heads that our job is to move people from red to blue or blue to red to go back to the beginning? Mm -hmm. That people are either in this category or this category, and it's our job from moving them from one to the other.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's, you know...
1: you don't have to agree with that. I'm no, just saying right. that's what I feel like I was sort of raised to to think that, that, hey, the world looks like this. There are these people and these people, and your job is to move people from this category to that one. And I'm not sure, uh, in, my, in my place of deconstruction right now, I'm not sure that that's the best way to view people. Sure. But I understand it's different. You know, people have different perspectives on that, mm-hmm. and... And obviously, you know, I didn't, I'm not a, I'm not a full-time, uh, pastor. <laughs> what?
0: <Well, laughs> uh, uh, I, w- don't call me pastor. It makes me nervous. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will say that I, I, I love the idea of, you know, intentional discipleship. And within that discipleship, you, um, it's not necessarily, I'm not, I don't look at discipleship as, as a move from, you know, this drastic change from, one state to another. Like I don't, I don't, I don't view discipleship that way. I, I view discipleship as a, as a journey that you take with growth. somebody. It's Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's, it's a growth process and, yeah. and yeah, there may be an end goal, but like it's not like I come to somebody and I say, Hey, if like, this is where we're going because it might like, we might not necessarily get there and that might not be the path that they end up taking or the one yeah. that they have to take. Um, because their path may lead them in a different direction.
1: How about having the humility to recognize that maybe this person's going to take you somewhere that you didn't expect to right. go? Right.
0: That's always a real possibility. I, right. I plan like
1: for if you truly do open up in relationship to somebody. Sure. That that your Muslim neighbor if you enter into relationship with them mm-hmm. that you might actually end up in a different place. This is not just about you taking them to somewhere. This is about you all traveling together like Jesus with the Samaritan woman.
0: Well, yeah. I mean I I, I feel confident in the fact that I can I can learn from anybody. Like to 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 assume that I can't learn from someone is there's not a lot of humility in that. You right. know, there's there's a lot of pride going in there and you know, I, I have to be able to take a step back and listen right and more often than not when you take a step back and listen intentionally you're gonna learn some things and you may or may not agree or disagree with everything that person says but like listening causes you to it at least take a step back and Maybe figure out where you're at.
1: At least you've been exposed, and it's not like a caricature and something you've just seen like in social media Mm -hmm. or on the news. You're actually experiencing it. I love how like 20 minutes ago you said we're wrapping up. So
0: I know, right? I don't know how I. I don't know how I end up. (laughs) It's it's my fault. I get excited. It's my fault. But you know, I I I'm I'm glad we were able to talk about this because I'm 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 passionate about this idea of like the idea of unity for me is is so is so important now because of the idea of n- not really being able to be together for so long mm-hmm. and and it's going to be difficult for the people that have been that have been away to come together again and yeah, they yeah. and these people have grown and they've changed and they're they're different yeah. Like I'm not gonna pretend. Like we can't pretend. Like this this year and a half, two years hasn't changed the way that people have even considered what worship is for them. And so to yeah. assume that we're just gonna come back and do it all the same right. is insane. Almost it feels like. Right. And so I'm I, I want people to at least maybe hear this and have this understanding and 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 mindset that like this idea of unity is 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 ever changing because as humans we are ever changing and ever evolving and you have to be able to adapt Um, because my priority is you Um, well first and foremost my priority is God but you are then my priority right right? and and to be able to do that I can't like just have like sit flat on my feet and say this is where I'm at because that's not always where you're at yeah. And if I'm here, I can't be there. And that's not always possible. So let's let's be able to adapt. Let's be able to consider what's best for our neighbor um, and and move forward in love and in, you know, like mindedness, um, because I mean, like that's that's the point um, is, is is the people around us. And um, that's all I got. I hope that that makes sense. I hope that I hope that I hope it resonates with somebody because I know I'm having a tough time dealing with that and trying to figure that out for, you know, the youth group here, for people that are my age, for myself. Um, Because I'm not saying that I need things to be drastically different than they were before, but I also don't think that they need to be the same. And and change is going to cause some sort of disunity because it always does, regardless of the circumstances. Um, it may seem like a no-brainer, makes sense, it's going to be beneficial, but there's always going to be something or somebody that's like, I don't know, that might not be it. Yeah, and you have to be able to handle that situation in love and understanding and adaptability.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like you know, unfortunately, it sort of might be a little bit of preaching to the choir because people who might have the most difficulty. Um, uh, it, you know, processing change and being willing to like approach change, you know, post, not, I'll say post COVID, but after what we've been through mm-hmm. and I, um, they probably haven't gotten it all the way, uh, gotten all the way to this point in the podcast. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so we, I appreciate everybody sticking with us all the way through here to the end. That was a lot of good stuff today. I will say this. Um, I, you know, you you said before, you know, we got to think about other people. We got to think about God. I think, you know, thinking about other people is thinking about God. I mean, I think when Jesus in Matthew 25 is talking about, you know, Hey, how did people do things for, for him? Well, it's the way that they treated other people, right? He wasn't like, well, because you were really thinking about God and thinking the right thoughts about God. It's because they, You know, when people needed clothes, they gave them clothes. When they were hungry, they gave them something to eat. When they were thirsty, they gave them something to drink. When they were in prison, they visited them. Like, they were doing actual flesh and blood things for people. That's how Jesus knew that these people were following the divine. So I think, you know, it, it really is not just about us, you know, all believing the same things or all believing the right things. Um at least from my perspective. And I just wanted to, in this episode also throw like a lifeline out there to anybody else who, um, understand a lot of people might be dismissive of other world religions, but if you have other thoughts about other world religions and think, Hey, maybe they might be, you know, kind of worshiping the same God we are. And maybe that's complicated, but I'd like to think about that more. You know, there's certainly other people who have, who identify as Christians who think that way too. Absolutely. And so,
0: next week i think we're going to get into the idea of just god
1: a very narrow subject
0: yeah i mean like it basically as specific as we can get is just god it's going to be great looking forward to it thank you guys for being with us this week look forward to having you guys with us next week have a blessed day